It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Kentrell Lockett former Ole Miss defensive end at Clark underscore Kentrell on Twitter and today's guest on Talk of Champions, David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels. DK, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, Ben, I'm doing great and uh, good to hear from Kentrell. I didn't talk to him in a while either. Well, it's good to have you on. Thanks for taking some time. I know it's a, a busy time for you with basketball, hosting LSU tonight on this Tuesday and baseball set to open its season this weekend against East Carolina. Uh, DK, you're probably the busiest man at Ole Miss, if you think about it, because uh, 
I was I was thinking before we jumped on, when is the off season for you? I mean, if Ole Miss gets to Omaha, <laughs> you, you got barely a month plus before football starts. Yeah, Omaha. If we get to Omaha, it's like a ten month ten months run. I love these coaches too. So, oh, we just got we're gone all the time and da da da. Just laugh. <laughs> Like oh okay, I hate to hear that, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a ten month run, and I, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy, obviously, what I do. But uh, yeah, you get toward the end of baseball season, and sometimes you're wearing down a little bit. It's like too much ice cream to some degree. But uh, I really in, enjoy and get to travel and get to see the rebels free. Actually, get paid to see the rebels. So that's a pretty good deal. Well, I'll never forget a conversation that you and I had when I took your class at Ole Miss, and. Uh, let me say, now, David Kellum, the professor, he's one strict dude. Okay, that was that was toughest class I ever took, DK. That was, that was a hard oh, one. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Man. The only A you made, right? Was that the only A you made in college? Hey, George W. Probably Bush was a C student in, in college. So, you know, I, I, that's what Mike's That's right. worked was. out good for him, didn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out Listen, so well Gentrell, for me. I, I taught him in college, but I don't know if he learned anything in that class. You no. know what I mean? <laughs> I did. Now, that's the question, I didn't, didn't learn a thing. And it was all my fault. Uh, but uh, I, I was, I remember we had this conversation and, I, and you were asking questions of your students and you just let us ask you whatever. And mine was a pretty generic question. I'm sure you get all the time. And that's what's your favorite sport uh, to call thinking, of course, that you were going to say right. football. And lo and behold, you mentioned Ole Miss baseball, which opens the season, like I said, this weekend. And not to date you here, but I know you've been calling Ole Miss baseball since the late 70s. What makes it, uh, what makes it your favorite sport to call? Probably because I've done so many and I'm comfortable with it. And, you know, football's real pressure. So, now, don't get me wrong. I, I love all three. I really enjoy uh, calling all three. And I like the change with the seasons and moving into a new sport and, and, and you know, new challenges on calling those those sports as they come along. But, I don't know, I guess baseball has just been more comfortable uh, through the years. It's a little bit more laid back. It's easier on the broadcast. And as far as sitting down and watching games, I'd much rather watch a football game uh, in fact, in baseball, I don't get as much out of baseball unless I'm actually broadcasting the game. I put a lot of work into it and, and what have you. But um, football's work. We've got two spotters and an engineer in our ear, a producer in our ear. and uh, I'm kind of like a puppet on a string as they point to who made tackles and who made catches. And I've got you know, two pair of eyes helping. I've got a statistician, sidelines person we're trying to work in with our color commentators. So it's really weird, uh, Ben. I can go home take the DVD of the football game and stick it back in and watch it that night or the next day. And I almost get more. I enjoy that without all the pressure of having to be so perfect in the broadcast the next time around. But it doesn't mean I don't love doing it. I really enjoy the craft and and doing those games. But, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty equal on the three. But baseball probably is one I I enjoy the most because it just seems to be a little bit slower, not as intense. And you say you've been calling games since the 70s. And, man, I was born in 87. That's, you know, 17 years in the game, and I wasn't even, you know, thought of yet. But, you know, just uh, you've called all those games. I know you've witnessed some of the greats and called some of the greats. Any particular moments that may have stand out, uh, stood out for you or any series in particular? Well, there was this guy named Lockett who blocked this uh, point <laughs> after – Something against the Gators, you know, that was a pretty special, special day. <laughs> you know, Kendrell, it's kind of interesting. I started at 18 uh, right out of high school when I was a freshman old Miss doing baseball. So a lot of people think I'm 90, but uh, still not quite there yet. <laughs> but it, it's really hard because I have done so many. 
to pick just one or two. People ask that all the time. You know, what is what's the favorite moment you've had? Oh my gosh! Every time we beat state, that's my favorite moment. Um, in in whatever sport, I guess. <laughs> and I say that tongue in cheek because it's been some incredible plays. But I have seen uh, unbelievable performances, individual efforts that just just blow your mind. Whether it's been in football or basketball or or baseball, of course, I did women's basketball for ten years. We had a lot of great players there. But the ones that kind of jump out for me from a career standpoint, we had we beat Arkansas uh, in the hit game. Uh, that was a huge breakthrough for the football program. Uh, the 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 stand against Mississippi State was incredible. Two point conversion in that game uh, with a um, you know Corey Peterson was incredible too. Just just different different games here and there that. That kind of stand out, but and I'm getting to the age now. They sort of run together. It's really funny. Uh, I'll have a player, former player, come up to me and say, "You remember me? I played such such year. Oh, I remember you. I played with so and so and so and so." But you know, that's, that may be over an eight year span with me because uh, <laughs> they graduate. I don't. I keep going. Uh, but there's, there's so many bright and fun moments through the years. And following college athletics is just uh, very very gratifying to say the least. Well, one one thing about baseball with you is is coming through that long calling baseball games for Ole Miss, I mean, you're, you're talking about golden age area of Ole Miss, I mean, of, of SEC baseball, the guys you got to see, Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas, right. Tim Hudson, David Ross, they were on the same Auburn team. Um, any of those yeah. guys, do you remember just how good they were? Did you know pretty early on uh, greatness when you saw it? Well, I can I can think about Bo Jackson. Uh, Bo Jackson hit an infield double against us, which was crazy. Uh, he had a ground ball in the hole at short. Uh, he takes off running. It, you know that, well, we got no chance of throwing him out. But our shortstop backhands the ball. is muscle-wide, I believe. Backhands the ball. Throws to first base anyway. Just kind of show out that arm. And Bo doesn't even check up. He hits the bag at first, and he hauls it for second. Okay, now the ball didn't get through the infield. Think about that for a moment. The throw was maybe a tad bit high to first. First baseman caught it, hesitated for just a split second, realized, oh, this guy's trying to get to second. Through the second base, the ball was just a little bit high. He slid under the tag, just barely got in, but got an infield double. And that right then, you know, knew that this is just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Um, and, and, you know, in, in all of the sports, we've been able to see just tons and tons of pros, not only on our, our teams, but uh, others as well. Now, um, just coming from a from – I'm curious just of that actual moment or at that time when that, that the hit happened with Chucky Mullen, you know, just because I am like a, a mm-hmm. recipient of the award, you know, at that moment when that hit happened, did, did at that point, did, did, um, did you somewhat feel the severity or that it would lead into what it did now? Cause I've only seen the tapes and to actually talk to yes. someone, you know, about actually what happened in the, the whole field, you know, I want to, like, like I, well, I'm sure your story would be uh, more in-depth compared to that actual video. I want to know, like, because I feel like I'm a part of that fraternity now, and, and I want to know the actual yeah. story, you know? Well, you know, that's a great question, Kentrell, because that was my first year to be the lead announcer in football, and uh, I was still kind of green on those type things, and when the when the hit occurred, you could tell it was a, a big blow. Now I'm in the excitement mode on the air about, wow, what a stick. And the ball came out and da, 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 da. And then Chucky just kind of, uh, uh, rolled over and, and didn't move. And I'll be honest with you, Stan Santoni, bless his soul. We lost Stan a few years ago. 
during a commercial break, Stan told me, he said, David, this is serious. This is very serious. And, and, and he had been doing games 17 years prior to me, Stan had. But he recognized from a field level standpoint that this is not good. So don't come back on the air, reading between the lines, don't come back on the air and still have a, you know, a, a degree of excitement because this is bad. And then as it unfolded, you could tell that he just was not moving, and you could tell by Leroy Mullins and his reaction um, that, that it was a bad thing, that wheeled him off the, you know, the cart, and it, it was just a scary, scary, crazy, crazy moment. And to get that in my very first year, I'll be honest with you, even today, you know, a guy goes down, or even if I go watch a girls play basketball, if somebody goes down, they fall awkward or hit funny, it just rushes all back with me. It's kind of stuck with me for for years. And I can understand parents, you know, concerned about their children when they're playing such and sports. And that was a weird, weird thing. And a lot of people try to blame Chucky for that. But uh, games went up and kind of fell backwards into a T. And he hit him top of his helmet. But he really wasn't trying to hit him with the top of his helmet. He was trying to get him with his face mask. But it just happened to be the throw was high, and so when Gaines jumped and launched upwards, he was falling backwards, and it formed a perfect T, and that's what caused the the injury. So I get kind of angry when people blame Chucky on the way he was making that tackle. Now, he was a sticker. Oh, my gosh. God loved to hit you um, and all. But that that that's kind of how that moment unfolded. Uh, I tell you what it did for me. It, it allowed me to become a real good friend with Chucky. Mullins because what we did after that was try to involve him in uh, different things. He did his own radio show called Chucky's Picks and for two years we'd go you know, by his house and he would pick games and we'd have, so I got closer to him than I might some other players just simply because of the because of the injury but uh, and you know as you, as you continue on in life you continue to just really embrace the fact that you're part of that, that group because there have been some wonderful people that have won that award and uh, very deserving, and I know Chucky would be just tickled if, if you know, he, he could read off the list every day because I know that uh, he loved his teammates for sure. You know, I would have loved to have met Chucky Mullins and just to, to before the injury and even after the injury because that, that really shows, uh, you know, to overcome adversity, determination, and, and to what you want actually to, to – what you want to get out of life. But now since since that actually has happened, what do you think – Chuck? well, what is Chucky Mullins' legacy now? Or what will be considered I think his legacy? It, I think it's two things. The, the one is, of course, the race, the, the race relations on campus. Not that they were necessarily bad, but, boy, they sure made a step in the right direction toward improvement. Uh, everybody fell in love with Chucky. Uh, he didn't, you know, blame others uh, or what have you. And, and it really pulled the community together. Ole Miss needed that. That was really good. We didn't need that injury. I'd give that up for that guy to still be here. Don't get me wrong. But it was – it was uh, uh, a good a good way for us all to pull together and help him and his family and, and what have you. And the other thing was the way he handled the injury. I mean, he never complained. He smiled all the time. Every time I saw him, he said, David, I'm going to get out of this chair. And I'm not the only one to tell you that. Coach Brewer would tell you that. Uh, I'm sure uh, Leroy Mullins, anybody that spent any significant time with him after the injury. And he made you believe. I mean, his intent was to eventually beat it, get out of that wheelchair, uh, but he never complained. I, I remember we did the radio show. One thing's really crazy, and Ben knows this. We, we talk about you know being perfect, no dead air, uh, and and so he was doing this show. He was having trouble swallowing with the neck injury and all. 
and Chucky, uh, Chucky, uh, Rick McKay would go help me do this interview. And he would be fighting, trying to get without having to choke, you know, and he got through one, one time. And, and Rick said, boy, you're just like a one take wonder. And Chucky said, what's that? He said, well, in radio, you know, if you get it just that first time, he said, you're, you're awesome. He said, don't, don't worry. We can go back and edit this tape and fix it and all that. So Chucky became in this competitive mode, even on that show, what little, you know, competition he could provide at that point. He tried every week to get through that show without stopping and not allowing us to go edit. And he'd end the show. We'd be through it. And he'd say, I don't want to take wonder. I mean, you know, he just, that kind of guy, extremely competitive, Really, really loved life, uh, and he'd be one of those guys that you know uh, you you can look on your team's trail. So these, these are the guys that were you know my best buds, super teammates. He was he was that guy. It's fascinating if you talk to anyone in that was directly involved with Chucky, like you were. And one of those, of course, was Billy Dog Brewer. And you talk to Dog even today, and you bring up Chucky Mullins. It's hard for Dog to just continually talk about him without getting broken up a little bit. And I think. For a guy like, and we all know how hardened <laughs> Dog Brewer can be, but for him, yeah. Chucky struck a chord. And I think that's one thing to where when Ole Miss has ever gotten lost in any particular part of its history because of Chucky, it's, he was, and like you said, we would all give anything to have him back, but he galvanized everyone involving Ole Miss football and athletics. And I think that's the lasting legacy of him because, and it's it kind of carried on through, like I said, your stories and Dog, who will go to, the, if you go to the Beacon and talk to him, he 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 doesn't have enough words <laughs> to say about Chucky. Well, especially when you go back to the recruiting process with Chucky, really unique. You know, with Chucky just basically forced himself on Coach Brewer and said, "You're going to recruit me. I, you're going to like me." You know, all those things that Billy has said you've seen in the in documentaries and interviews with Coach Brewer. Those are all true. Uh, I don't think Coach Brewer initially intended on signing him, but his determination and, and willingness and want to, to play in the SEC just kind of got their attention. And then the little bit of time that he spent on the field, there was no question. I'm sure in Coach Brewer's mind, wow, we almost lost this kid. We, we made a great decision to bring this kid in there. He was, he was about to be one of our, our top players of all time. Well, I told the people and warned them when, when I was going to have David Kellum on that I was going to take you down memory lane. And, and, Full disclosure, I've been listening to David Kellum for as long as I possibly can remember. And one, and you and I have <laughs> talked about this before, but uh, I, I, the, the, one of the earliest memories I have of when, because DK's got this excitable voice now. When he gets pumped, he gets pumped. And he kind of rides the roller coaster with you, so when you hit that lowest low, he's right there with you. And I still to this day remember when I was 10 years old sitting in the living room of my home, and it's the Valpo game. Keith Carter, your color analyst for Ole Miss basketball now, and I still hadn't asked him about it, and dang it, I'm going to ask him about it tonight, was guarding the inbound. <laughs> and, he, and he, for some reason, inexplicably guarding the inbound, Valpo throws a full-court heave. Bryce Drew catches the, catches the uh, receiving pass, hits the three. I was devastated. I have no shame in saying as a 10-year-old, I sobbed like a baby. Where, what, describe to me that moment for you. Was it as bad for you as it was for the rest of us? Oh yeah, it was it was gut wrenching, and I was sobbing too. I just you didn't hear it on the radio. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it it was uh, it was really tough. Ben, from the standpoint that that team was so good and had a chance to to really advance, and it was just a quirky thing at the end. I mean, you know, if Ansu hits the free throw, the game's over with. 
glances off the rim and goes out of bounds, and so they are able to set up this play. In fact, I told the Vanderbilt SID, uh, Andrew, this uh, past time we were there, I said, I'm going to email you my call of that shot, and you can give it to Coach Drew, uh, and he'll see what it sounded like on the bad side because they played the good side 16 million times. I heard the Valpo guys call. I've heard the television call, but mine's just not out there. So maybe we ought to give the, the opposite view of, yeah. of what happened on that day, you know, but uh, it was, it was devastating. It really was. I mean, and there's those moments when you got this great opportunity uh, and it kind of slips away, but those are life lessons. I mean, there's no question about that, but uh, it's just so funny. You mentioned Carter, you know, we beat BYU and we go down to play continuing on the NCAA tournament and Homer was at that next round. Uh, Coach Drew, and he was sitting like four or five seats from us, and Carter said, I asked me, do you think I ought to go over and talk to him? <laughs> and I said, sure, go talk to him. He'll love you. But even Keith, this this later on, you know, it still, it rubs you the wrong way, that's for sure. Did, did Keith and Bryce have any kind of communication when y'all went down to Vanderbilt? Did they say anything about the game together? Uh, I don't know if they talked uh, directly. Well, he didn't make the Vanderbilt trip. I went on the Vanderbilt trip by myself. I don't think he's actually talked to him, you know, here recently. I'm sure they've had some discussions about it because Keith has known the Drew family for for a long time, and, and Mike White as well. I, I noticed when Vanderbilt played Florida, they did a replay of that shot. I'm sure Mike was real excited. Yeah, about Mike that. was Mike was on the bench. Uh, Where was Mike? Yeah, right. We, why did we not have him in the game? That's but, right. Uh, it, it, I th- they're a great family, wonderful family. But they're, I'm going to be honest with you, about three years after that, every time Balfo lost, I was going, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not even going to lie. I, but <laughs> on, on a better note, uh, the second memory that I had to run by you before we let you go is in 1998, the payback game when Ole Miss went to Auburn after Tommy left his pine box in Oxford and went to uh, Auburn. And, of course, we could talk about – Pete letting him go and not guaranteeing him facilities and every reason he had to go. But for Ole Miss fans, it was a bitter time. And I remember yeah. I was in downtown, my hometown. There's like a carnival happened downtown. And and back then, not every game was on TV. So all we had was the David Kellum call. And I'm running back and forth from a buddy of mine's house to downtown Yomney because I couldn't stand how close it was and that Ole Miss was about to pull this off. And then Corey Peterson catches the touchdown. Ole Miss goes on to win. How hostile was that environment? And what's been? has there been any environment comparable to it? I, I figure when Houston went back to Arkansas for the first time, that had to be pretty close. Yeah, those two were very close. In fact, that's a good call on both of those. It, it was hostile, but you know what was weird is we started moving down the field they're late and it looked like we we're about to get this done. They they got quiet a little bit. They almost got in a scared mode to certain. So you've seen that with our home crowd sometimes too. When you've had a big league, they just sort of get starting to get away, or you think you've got this game in control. And uh, man, Corey just broke their heart, didn't he? Um, but it, oh, it, crushed it was an incredible, them. crushed them, incredible game. And you know that was a tough time because. Uh, Tommy didn't handle that very well, in my personal opinion. And uh, even the next spring, we went over there in baseball. He all got us press passes. And some of the other media guys, you know, coming up for the spring game at Auburn. So I opened my baseball packet with my baseball passes, and in there was a spring football pass for Auburn. I thought, boy, that's kind of arrogant. Are you kidding me? You think I'm going over to watch Auburn spring game? <laughs> but Tommy sent word that he just liked us to come over and shoot the ball with him, et cetera, et cetera. So I went over. I made sure I didn't get close enough so there was a picture taken. I didn't want to see a picture with Tommy Tover at that time. That might have been a bad thing. 
but talk to him. And he, he told some of us that he didn't handle it the way he should have, should have gone back, talked to the players. So I, I appreciated that out of Tommy for sure. And I pulled for him ever since he left Ole Miss. He did some really good things here. Um, but it was very gratifying to win that game, that's for sure. Well, one of the last things, uh, and before we get out of here, I know Contrell wanted to ask you about when he suffered his injury, and Forty can speak to it more clearly than I can, but uh, when he went down, Forty, yeah. you remember that time and how tough it yeah, was for you? I just hear many of the stories from like people from the stands of what they saw, what they saw, or what did they make may have happened. And um, you kind of hit on it earlier when you said um, like the injury with Chuck and Mullins. You, to the severity, you didn't know what it was until you got word in your earpiece. So um, just curious, just for my mind, you know, because it was a bad time for me at that point. I'm past it now. Yes. At that point, you know, when I went up and came down, it was like. Well, not necessarily what were your thoughts. So I'm just curious to know at that point, because I didn't hear anything after that anymore. Like, you know, just all I heard was Kentrell Lockett, ACR tone out for the season. At that point, what were your yeah. thoughts? What do you think were happening? But, you know, here's what's interesting, Kentrell. We live and die with you guys uh, because we know. We know how many hours you put into practice and the work that you put in, injuries, even though we're not suffering physically. You know, and I consider myself just an extension of the fans. But, you know, I can tell you at that very moment, I probably was just gut-wrenched. So, oh, no. And and more so than just, oh, we're losing a key player, the next thing goes through your mind is, man, not this guy. And he's, he's, he's paid the price. He's worked so hard and, and all. But, uh, you know, what's gratifying is to see those guys that have multiple – you know, right now I'm pulling for Sinquest goals. Holy cow, if he leaves here, he goes to the – uh, you know, Pittsburgh with the Steelers, he's been hurt at the beginning of the year, two years in a row. You know, it's just, I feel for him because he's one of our guys. But uh, I, I think that the, the next step is to obviously try to get behind those people to recover and all. But it is, it is hard to see that, especially in football. If you put in so many hours, uh, so much time, and when that injury occurs, I mean, it, it hurts all of us for sure. Well, last one, DK, and I'll let you go. Um, Peyton Manning faced the question. Tom Brady faces the question now. Everybody faces the question. <laughs> Father Time is undefeated. How long will David Kellum be voice of the Rebels? How long? What's the end game? When, when, is, uh, when is it time for the wife to call you home and y'all just go traveling constantly? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm only 58. I say only 58. Some people say, this time every yeah. is 58. Mm-hmm. But I started at 18 and uh, still very young, still have a tremendous passion for what I do. Uh, I'll say this much. I don't have a target date. I really don't know as long as my passion is still there and I feel like I'm doing the job adequately. I got some real good friends that will hold me accountable if things start slipping, so to speak. But uh, I, I don't I don't really have a desire to be that 80, 90-year-old guy still on the microphone. And you, and you brought up a great point. My wife is wonderful. We've known each other since junior high. And I do owe her some other things in life, so I don't want to get so old that I can't drive her around anymore, you know. But uh, And I do enjoy other things for sure. And I know that's beating around the bush things. I really don't have a target target time uh, that I'm looking at, 60, 65, 70, 75, but I doubt very seriously it'll be uh, way down the road. There's a kid, this is a great point, There's a kid, kids come up to me all the time or people come to me and they say, hey, this is my son so-and-so. He's going to be the voice of the rebel someday. Well, in 1978, they're going to have to wait a while, you know. In 88, got to wait a little while longer. 98, you know, maybe getting closer. Well, the kid this year at Meet the Rebels came up to me and uh, told me, he said, 
I'm going to do your job someday. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 12 years old. I said, you might be the right one. <laughs> well, so, so we'll see, but I'm going to hang in there for a little while longer for sure. Well, if it was up to me, um, I would make you be old Mrs. Vin Scully, but I will say, and you, there's no way you remember this because you have these conversations all the time. Uh, back when Meet the Rebels was held on the old, it was held on the field. Back when they had just the players scattered about, yeah. and you could just walk up to them. And this was back when I was young. And Eli Andy, we were from New Albany, so Eli Andy was like a superstar, you know, for us. And you were out on the field, and my dad goes, "Hey Ben, there's David Kellum." And for me, David Kellum was larger than life. Still, our DK, I'll <laughs> love to. But so I, uh, I, I walked up to you, said, "Hey, Mr. Kellum," and "Hey, man, how you doing?" I was like, "I'm gonna have your job one day." And you said, "Well, I, best of luck to you." And I'm, I'm going to say, I, I, I still haven't gotten there, DK. I don't, think, I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Hey, hang in there. I've got to retire one of these days. That's for sure. But maybe Lockett. Lockett might get this job. Hey, hey, you know what? You know, it's crazy you say that. I was sure about to plug myself right then. <laughs> I sure was. I'm like, hey, now you got a hidden gem right up under your nose. I'll give both of you good recommendations when I'm, when I'm heading out the door. Well, well, I appreciate it. I think Richard Cross has got the inside track on us. But like I said, if... if <laughs> yeah. Richard's past this. I love Richard. He's he moved to ESPN, man. He's left me in the dust. <laughs> well, if I had it my way, uh, you would be the Vin Scully for Ole Miss. So with that, thanks for the time, DK, man. I, I really appreciate it, and we'll catch up soon. All right, guys. Great talking to you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.